Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It is another edition of Philly Stamuros, James Seltzer. It is Friday, May the 14th, as unfortunately we do come off of Philly's loss yesterday after a couple wins in a row, feeling good. Phillies, a clunker yesterday, lose 5-1, to one, just unable to get anything going, only six hits offensively, obviously only the one run, which they scored in the first inning, and uh, and that was it. Uh, Patrick Corbin, who came into the game with an ERA over seven, just uh, easy work for Corbin. Seven innings, five hits, no walks, nine strikeouts. Uh, it was a getaway day game for the Phils, and it certainly felt like one. Um Frustrating look. Uh, you know, the Phillies still won their first road series in 2019. It still feels weird to say that. First road series of three games or more. Um, so, you know, that's good. Thank God they won the first two games. Thank God they won that game, too. You know what I mean? Uh, there's there's definitely a swing game in this series, and that one was it. Um, but uh, unable to, to close out the sweep, unable to you know, kind of get on another roll right away here. We'd like to see them, as we've talked about, kind of be able to crack that consistency barrier and, and go on a roll with a, you know, a higher level of consistency instead of just hovering around above 500. But 2018 on the season, game not back at the Mets who were off yesterday for the first place lead in the National League East. We'll look a little bit closer at the standings later. They're still out in front of the other teams. That is, you know, out in front of the Braves, which is, which is good. Um, you know, no one pulling away. The National League is very clustered up to begin with. No one really pulling away across the board. So, you know, that's good. That's good. But still, this team, as we know, as we watch them, they, they, need, to, they need to be better. I mean, they, they've had so many opportunities to be better. I mean, we so many runners left on base, so many stupid mistakes defensively. And, and there's still 2018. I think if you want to take a, a glass half full look at the Phillies 2018 record, it's like, man, you know, they're, they, they, could, they could have a way better record if they just play better defense. They could have a way better record if they – didn't make some of the stupid mistakes they make. They could have a way better record if they just sometimes got hits with runners on base, you know, if they didn't give up outs, all that type of stuff. So the and and the the defense, you know, look that I don't think the the uh, it's it's highly correctable. It's a it's a just as we've talked about, one of the worst defensive Philadelphia Philly clubs that that we remember um ever. But um it's not just that they're bad defensively. It's that they're not sharp. They're not together. They don't play tight baseball. They make too many mistakes. Look, the, the bad defenders is what it is, but they can be better defensively. I mean, they make so many stupid mistakes, as we've sadly had to talk about here in this space many times. So, um, you know, I, I think that um, even with that, you know, they could be better defensively, at least from a, a tightness standpoint. Um you know, and and with all the uh, struggles offensively, which we're going to get into more. We talked a little bit about yesterday. We'll get into more today. But 
Um, even with the struggles offensively, they're still sitting two games above 500. They've had a tough schedule to start playing the Mets a lot, the Braves. Um, you know, so the Cardinals who have the best record in the National League or one of the best records in the National League. Um, maybe not the best, but right there. Um, so the, uh, you know, I, I think there are reasons to, to look at the positives. The top three have been great as we've talked about, you know, all that. Um, and they're still sitting in, at 2018 with all those mistakes, all those missed opportunities. If they can start to convert those, you know, there's a reason to, to be positive about the fills. Um, so I, you know, Generally, that's that's where I'm at right now. At, at thir- you know, we're we're 38 games in the season. We're we're creeping very closely over the weekend. We'll we'll hit the quarter mark. You know, we'll talk about that at next week. I'm sure, but but a quarter of the way through the season, not quite to June 1st yet, which is my meaningless date where I really start to to take certain trends and stuff seriously. But even then, that's not enough. We all know that. I mean, again, as we've talked about so many times, you know, the the uh, September collapses, being in first place August 1st, all that kind of stuff that. We've seen Phillies teams in recent years do, so obviously it's such a long way to go, such a grind, and, and the roster depth is a problem and, and all that. And, you know, we've talked about it. But um, I do think, and we'll talk more about it, but the offense starting to carry the team more consistently is is the single biggest change that is the most believable change. That is the single biggest thing that can happen that, that feels – um, real uh, and and like it has a real potential to happen. So we'll get into that. We'll talk about that in a bit. Let let's first look at yesterday's game, which again, to be honest, not a not a thrilling one to talk about, but but let's do it nonetheless. As the Phillies fall five to one to the Nationals yesterday, just um, one of those games where it just felt like they they didn't really stand a chance. Um, unfortunately, as uh, you know, they go up in the first uh, one nothing. Cutchin um, basically stole home. Um, Harper, uh, heading towards second, kind of a fake out double steal thing. McCutcheon ends up scoring, just beating the tag, sliding around, getting his hand. It was great slide, great slide from McCutcheon, getting his hand on the base before getting tagged. Um, so up one, nothing. You're feeling pretty good. You got Eflin on the hill and, uh, unfortunately it was just not Eflin's day and he did end up gutting out six innings for them. He did have nine strikeouts. He had some stuff. He settled in after the first, only one mistake after that in the six, but, um, that first inning did him in. And, you know, they were just able, never able to recover uh, the team, obviously. And we'll get into, you know, the offense's role in that. But Eflin ends up going six innings, like I said, five earned, seven hits, two walks, nine strikeouts. So, you know, nine strikeouts, nice to see. But just wasn't his day. He gave up four runs in the first on two two-run homers. Kyle Schwerber and Josh Bell both homer. And that was it. It was over. Like, that was the feel of the game. The Phillies threatened a little bit. Had a shot in the eighth. Bryce Harper, Reese Hoskins had chances with two on and were unable to get anything done. Um, Harper, a, a rough game for Harper after going before one for four, but the three strikeouts uh, and that one in a, in a big spot, Hoskins over four again, just, um, you know, unable to again, really get anything going. And it was, it was frustrating. It was frustrating. Um, and, and, you know, look, you, you, you can't get too upset at the fact they, they weren't able to come back. It was a lifeless effort. And again, look, we saw it again in that brave series, a very similar feel to, to game three, against the Braves, the Sunday night baseball game, the Phillies losing uh, six to one, seven to one, whatever it was. Um, very same feeling, very similar feeling. Phillies scored in the first inning of that and then um, gave a bunch in the bottom of the first and that was it. It was over. Um, and that was Nolan said Afflin, but same idea, really very similar game script. And, uh, and this one, you know, it was just over. It was, it was done. And, and it's unfortunate because you'd like to see the Phillies in, in that spot, a getaway day game on a, you know, a road trip to 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 fight that last game. Try and win that game. What are we doing here? I mean, they just 
it was a lackadaisical effort from the offense. It was. And Eflin wasn't good either, but again, Eflin's been, been very good this season and, and ultimately settled down between the first and the sixth was very good. Um, but, you know, the offense just, just wasn't able to pick him up at all and really, really do nothing to kind of get his bag again. Only six hits. Uh, no one had more than one hit. You know, McCutcheon had it, Harbor had it, Bohm had it, Herrera had it, Maton had it. Brad Miller had a pinch hit. That was it. That was the, that was the game for the Bills. Score that run the first, and that was it. And look, that it's frustrating because um, I know this is not a new thing to talk about, but but we it's just the flat out truth, and that's why it's such an important you know talking point is that that when we played out our scenarios for how this season goes well for the Phillies, every single one of them had the the offense carrying this team, and you know like the bullpen being better. That's happening. The top three pitchers being. Awesome. That's happening for the most part. Obviously, yesterday Alfred wasn't, but for the most part, they've been really good. Um, you know, the four or five starter, you, you, you play at a scenario where they're better and, you know, hopefully improvement along the way and, and adding and Spencer Howard and whatever. But but in every scenario where the Phillies were a, a real contender, or certainly a playoff contender, the offense helped carry them. And and look, to be fair, uh, you know, ultimately on the on the, the run side of it, they've been better the last week plus than they had prior. Um, but, you know, look, they only got five runs two days ago because of extra innings. They got two in, in regular, uh, in nine innings, you know, one of which came on a home run in the ninth. Um, and then, you know, only put up one yesterday. Um, and, and again, it's it's been the lack of consistency from the offense and the lack of night tonight. And again, spots like this where they just don't show up. I mean, just how many games do we remember with with six hits or less and and with 13 strikeouts, 12 strikeouts, 15 strikeouts? It was only 11 yesterday. What a miracle. Uh, As we talked about yesterday, uh, the Phillies have the second-worst strikeout percentage in baseball. They they are striking out at a higher clip than almost anyone. Only one other team is striking out at a higher clip. 27.5% of the time they step to the plate, they strike out. I mean, that's crazy. That's nuts, And, and that is not productive offensively. And I think you're seeing that this offense lacks rhythm. This offense lacks the ability to move runners over to score runs. I mean, we're seeing it on a night to night basis that, you know, they'll get a couple on, can't get them in. You can't get clutch hits because you get strikeouts in these big spots. Like there's so many times, how many do we remember? It's just, it's nonstop. It was Harper. It's Hoskins. It's all these guys. Like it just, the strikeouts are out of control and the, the inability for this offense to string together, consecutive innings of scoring runs is another thing. I mean, you know, so many times we've seen this team score like a bunch of runs early and then nothing or a big inning and that's it. I mean, the the lack of inning-to-inning consistency, the lack of putting pressure on an opposing pitching staff, you know? I mean, where are the walks? The Phillies used to walk a lot, right? I mean, wasn't that one of the things? You know, they're 21st and on base percentage this season. I mean, that's horrible. That's bottom third in baseball in getting on base you know if nothing else we talk about this line we're like they're gonna grind they're gonna get on base they're gonna get walks they're gonna and i don't know if it's an approach they're they're swinging more rather than trying to grind out walks they haven't made they don't make enough contact to do that i mean that'd be a bad approach if that's the that's the intent you know but again this offense just lacks the ability night to night and then look there are definitely you know issues for it i mean look we can point out Certain things. First and foremost, they're top heavy, as we've always talked about. But you know, Harper and Romuto have been good. Segura's been good. The 
Problem is Hoskins has and Boehm has and the other top-heavy guys you're counting on. We'll get to those guys in a sec. But also the depth obviously hurts too when you're certain nights. And look, Herrera's been been much better lately. Maton has been a, a major league caliber hitter as opposed to some of the guys they put in there at times. Um, but, you know, we've had nights and, and stretches, long stretches, where, you know, the seven, six, seven, eight, and and some nights six, seven, eight, and most nights seven, eight, nine is just like three outs, automatic outs, you know, and that that hurts a, a lineup's ability to, to be consistent. Um, but I, I think, look, you, you come back to, to those big names that, that are really not helping the team offensively right now. Reese Hoskins, Alec Bohm, Didi Gregorius, right? I mean... McCutcheon too, but like McCutcheon's been much better lately. I mean, McCutcheon's up to 227 now. He's got a 347 on base percentage all of a sudden. I mean, it's not great, but it's passable. I mean, it's it's much better than where he was at. So, you know, I think McCutcheon's starting to turn around offensively. You're starting to feel some some hope in him. But when you look at Hoskins, Didi, and Boehm, um, those are three of the, you know, five, six most important offensive players on your team coming into the season you three of the five really Segura would would have been six you know and now he's obviously stepped into a spot where he's been more important and more valuable but um you know three of your most important hitters and you could argue Hoskins and Bohm you know two of your four most important coming into the season and Didi fifth you, know, you could really argue that and Didi obviously has the elbow thing going on he's got an injury but um we'll get to him but Hoskins and Bohm, I mean, really, I mean, Reese Hoskins, let's start with him. Hoskins, remember, uh, you know, had the eight home runs, was, you know, leading baseball and hasn't hit one since. Um, had that almost homer in that game that off the wall, the Mets game. We won't talk about it. Um, but um, outside the homers, I mean, you know, look, he, he's had eight homers, which is fine, but he's got a 288 on base percentage. 288. This is a guy who consistently year after year is is 370 or above at worst like last year 400 ish you know like that's um that's a cause for concern you know and he's not in the ball he had a, a nice um opposite field knock a couple nights ago but for the most part he's not hitting the ball to all fields the way he was um but man that that on base thing like where are the walks reese and striking out way more than than he should and walking a lot less 288 on base percentage for reese hoskins one of my most concerning stats when you look at the team and 234 average not good either obviously um so hoskins you know they need I, look we know he's a, a streaky hitter we we've seen it where um and obviously to the point where at a, at a time he was you know the worst um hitter in baseball for a stretch there if we all remember that if we haven't blocked it out but um you know really um going through a bad streak right now and the thing with before forgetting that stretch resource player in baseball, just the the normal Reese Hoskins that we've known for the majority of the time he's been here is a guy who is streaky and will have these streaks where like 10 homers and, you know, or, or eight homers and, and 15 games or whatever. And then, and then won't hit another for three weeks, but it's like normally like hot, cold, hot, cold. And he will, uh, when he's cold, at least get on base, you know, like the walks kind of raised his floor, like this version right now that we're seeing, like is when he's not getting on base, he's useless offensively. You know, like yeah, maybe he could pop one out at some point, but he he's useless otherwise. He's not a, an addition. That's why Jordy had to drop in the lineup. I mean, he hit seventh a couple times, like uh, six or whatever. You know, so like he is, and and I know he's kind of moved back and forth with JT out and this and that. Um, but yeah, that's a. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's a concern where Osgood's at, and then you look at a Boehm. I mean. That's obviously even more concerning. He's been worse, um, if that's 
at all believable. It's hard to believe that uh, you know he could be worse, but he hasn't even had the the same power numbers, obviously, and, and even his other numbers are worse. Bohm's hitting two sixteen with a two forty seven on base and a three thirty one slugging. Bohm has an OPS under six hundred. I mean, that's a disaster. That's a disaster. I mean, this was a guy who's supposed to be. Um, a centerpiece of your offense. And obviously, moving forward, too, now, I am not concerned about him long-term or anything like that. Like, he is, you know, he hasn't even played a full season in Major League Baseball. You know, he's not even 162, so this stuff happens. But um, I am concerned for right now and for the season moving forward because he is such an important part of this lineup. This lineup needs to be better. This lineup has to be better. And and one of the easiest ways you can look at it and say, all right, how can they get better quickly? It's, it's Alec Bone being better. Because he is such a dynamic hitter for them. He batted 338 last year or whatever it was. Like, he's such a dynamic hitter for this team, and he is such a, a smart, confident hitter who can put the ball where he needs to put it. Um, so Alec Bohm struggling to this level. Again, 216, 247, 331 is a slash line. I mean, that's, I mean, that's a real problem. And look, you need him to pull out of this funk. You can see it's frustrating him. And, and has he been unlucky? Absolutely. He's hit some hard balls that have been caught, some that shouldn't have been caught and were, and some that were right to people, which is bad luck. But um, you could tell he's getting frustrated. He was frustrated the other night in the double play, running down to first after slipping out of the box. Like, you could see it. Like he, And I get it. He's someone who, who you know we, we know to get frustrated when he strikes out. He hates striking out. Well, he's doing a lot more than striking out right now. He's striking out and he's not hitting. You know, it's a lot easier to, to forgive yourself a strikeout when you're getting a bunch of hits, you know? So um, it's a concern. It's a concern. They need to do something. They need to work with him, and, and I think they need to also, like, kind of help him along here. This is his first real struggle in Major League Baseball. Everyone has it, you know, uh, other than maybe, you know, Mike Trout. And he did when he first came up, but then ever since then, he's kind of just been awesome. But, you know, like, people will go through stretches where they struggle, um, boom, this is the first real one from the first extended one. So it's, it's incumbent upon his coaches, his teammates to kind of help him through this, uh, you know, to, to some, some wisdom, some veteran leadership, like step in and tell him how to channel things, you know, tell him how to, what he needs to do to kind of get back on track. And maybe they are, maybe it's not working so far. And look, I do think it will. I, I believe in Alec Bohm, the hitter. I do. I, I'm not going to say I believe in him, the third baseman. And I know he's made some nice plays here and there, but um, I'm not going to say I'm, I'm in on Alec Bohm, the third baseman, but I'm in on Alec Bohm, the hitter. And I, I believe that he will be better. He will find a way to, to kind of regain that swing, regain that form. But it is frustrating to watch right now because he's so far off from the, the guy we, we thought we had and the guy we expected. So, uh, you know, um, that I think is the, the clearest way this team can get much better, much quicker is if Bohm can get back to being Bohm. Um, which again is, I do think a very believable thing, but, um, right now we're, we're not there. Um, and, and we need to see it. Uh, and then we mentioned it, you know, Didi, you're, you're worried about the elbow soreness now is, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, missing the game again yesterday, by the way, JT moved to the COVID protocol list, uh, from the, obviously had the knee issue. Um, but apparently was, uh, feeling sick. He, he was not tested. He did not test positive for COVID. He tested negative, but I'm feeling sick. So in, you know, as Jerry said, the world we live in, which um, obviously they, they play it safe and stuff. So a uh, place on the COVID IL, Raphael Marshawn brought up, but you know, not too worried about DD or JT coming back, assuming the knee's fine and, you know, not, you know, super sick for anything. Um, so he should be back soon and, and good to go. But the DD thing, you worry about the elbow. That's a real thing. Obviously someone who's had Tommy John missed a season because of it, all that stuff. 
um, and has you know already missed a game earlier, a uh, couple games because elbow soreness this season. And look, Nick Maton's been great and helped fill in. Oh, it's nice to have Nick Maton here and to trust him at least so far. But again, he'll go through struggles too. Like we just talked about, boom. Don't 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 think Nick Maton's gonna bat 300 this year. He just uh, most likely won't. Who knows? You never know. Um, but um, you know, Didi. Uh, not only is you know losing him right now hurtful, hurting you, but um, Didi's been struggling, and that's again someone you count on big time. Didi has a 6.30 OPS on the season. He's batting 2.29 with a 2.66 OBP and a 3.64 slugging. That's not good, not good. And he's got four homers. He's got 22 RBI, which is funny. He's, he's leading the team in RBI. Um, as again, this is a team that has struggled to, to convert on those opportunities, as we know, but he is somehow leading the team in RBI, even with the games missed. So um, he has had some clutch hits. We all remember the Grand Slam and all that. Like He's had some clutch hits, so that that's good. You like to see that, but just uh, from a general offensive contribution level, you know, not close to good enough. A 630 OPS from, from Didi is, is not close to good enough. You need more from him. He's such an important part of your offense, and especially when he's been so bad for the most part, um, defensively, that you know, if you're not getting the offense from him, what you know, what are you doing? What are we doing? I mean, Nick Mayton's probably been a better all-around player when he's played shortstop for the Phillies, which is a crazy thought. Um, and I don't think Nick Mayton is a better player than Didi Gregorius, but but Didi has struggled, and you know, he does give you the power element that Mayton doesn't. But we haven't seen it enough so far this year. So Didi, Rees, Boom, those are the three guys. Those are the three guys who need to turn this around and really get this offense humming and score some runs. You know, the center field thing, Odubel's been better. I mean, I don't like watching him, but he's been better. I mean, that you can't say that's as big a hole as it was before. It's it's really the other. And McCutcheon, you know, the two biggest holes we talked about offensively early on um, right now are are adequate. Not good. Not, not you know, great. Not, not what you want, but but adequate. And if if the other guys, the guys we expect to be great, are... You can win with that offense. So that's what they need. They need the other guys who are expected to be great to, to be great, you know? Um, all right. Quickly, before we look ahead to the weekend series in Florida against Toronto. Makes sense, right? Um, quick look at the standings. The Phillies a game and a half back of the Mets. The Mets at 18 and 13. The Phillies at 2018. So the Mets five games above 500 in that lingo. Uh, Mets, Phillies only two. They've just played less games, but five games in the uh, loss column. So that is, you know, it's a game and a half in terms of, of percentage, but um, Mets in front. We can say the uh, the Braves three and a half, ba- excuse me, two and a half back of the Phils. So uh, setting him 70 and 20. Um, that's uh, important. The, the Marlins right there with them. And then uh, Washington at 14 and 19 back. So, you know, the Phillies still nice and, and solid in the division. You look around the National League, no one else is jumping out. The wild card leader right now uh, would be the Padres and they're, uh, only a game better than the Phillies. So, you know, it's kind of all jumbled together still. Um, but, you know, you'd like to see the Phillies grab the bull by the horns. And and look, they're facing a good team this weekend. Toronto's sitting at 20-16. and 16. They just handled the Braves, uh, handily handled the Braves in Atlanta, um, uh, or against Atlanta uh, this, this past series, won again yesterday. Um, they've been playing good baseball. They're 20-16, and 16, so obviously uh, – uh, game better than the Phillies, so to speak, but but two in the loss column, essentially, with the same amount of wins, and um, they can break, man. That lineup is really good top to bottom. Marcus Semien's been great. Bo Bichette's great. Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s been awesome for them. They got Tasker Hernandez. They got... Uh, it's actually nuts. Oh, George Springer's back. You know, like, you, uh, you go through that lineup. I mean, that is... I believe George Springer's back. That is a stacked lineup 
That is a st- probably the best lineup the Phillies have faced this year. Uh, you know, the Mets have a lot of talent too, but um, it's up there to in the Braves, obviously. But that's a damn good lineup. Um, so we'll see. Uh, luckily, we got Vinny against them tonight. How about it? <laughs> Fingers crossed, right? Uh, Vinny against Steven Matz. So at least it's a guy we know, right? We faced Matz, obviously, with the Mets in the past. So um, you got that one. Nola, uh, Blue Jays haven't scheduled a starter for Saturday yet. We'll see who it is. Uh, and then uh, Chase Anderson against Robbie Ray on Sunday. Robbie Ray's been pretty good for them. Um, so, you know, not the best. You'd like to have more than just one of your, your top dogs going in this series uh, as, as you got Miami after that next week. And, and you you know, a little bit worse, not a lot, a lot worse offensively. So you really want your better guys against the Jays. But that's the way it shook out. And Vinny's been good lately, so we hope he can be good again. Look, just take two or three, and then you get to come home. Uh, take two or three, please, please. Score some runs, too, because you're going to have to, because the Blue Jays will. (laughs) Either way, whatever happens, we'll be back to talk about it on Monday. So until then, have a wonderful weekend. And thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today, right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.